0: You ought to know, I'm Alan Clark. A USA Today best-selling author and former naval officer, Commander Dave Stevens is an expert in apocalyptic disasters. Holding an engineering degree from Cornell and another one from the University of Michigan and postgraduate work in statistics and human factors. His award-winning book series is based on the top five most likely cataclysmic disasters facing humanity and how to prevent them. The title of the fourth book in the series is immune. Dave landing on aircraft carriers at night makes you seriously consider your own mortality. How did you get into this field?
1: Yeah, it certainly did. Um, on top of that, training to drop nuclear weapons makes you seriously consider the mortality of the human race. Uh, quite a few years ago, in fact when I first started landing on carriers, I lost a very close friend in a crash. And I, I did some research. I discovered that 60% of all tactical jet fatalities were pilots literally flying into the ground. Uh, the airplane was okay, but, but they, they lost the bubble. They lost situational awareness. I started working on a, a new type of altitude warning system. Um, I enlisted the help of uh, Dr. Leonard Timmy, a vision scientist from the Naval Research Lab. And we, we got a, a system that, that actually worked. We got it patented. We got it ranked number one for DARPA funding. Well, after leaving the Navy, I I realized pilots are not the only ones who tend to ignore things that will kill them. So I I started researching disasters, um, the type of disasters that are likely to take out the human race.
0: Well, how did you determine the top five?
1: I use something called probabilistic risk analysis. It's an impressive sounding term, but really it just looks at the probability uh versus the consequence of, of any event um, the probability that something's going to happen something bad versus the consequences if it does it's actually the same science your insurance company uses to figure out your insurance premiums but in this case the consequences had to be extreme we're, we're talking the extinction of humanity possibly life on earth and at the very least knocking civilization to its knees pushing us back maybe the dark ages there also had to be a, a, a reasonable probability, small, but reasonable probability that could happen in our lifetime. And finally, since uh, there's no point in, in talking about stuff that you can't do anything about, they, these had to be preventable disasters.
0: So did a global pandemic like the current coronavirus make the
1: top five? Unfortunately, yes, global pandemics uh, did make the top five. Um, as as you mentioned, my fourth book uh, is titled Immune. Um, and no, I didn't just invent that. I had that uh, title for a while, but I wanna emphasize that as bad as everything seems right now, the coronavirus is not an apocalyptic disaster. It won't end civilization. I'm, I'm not trying to minimize the seriousness of this and my heart goes out to those that are directly or indirectly affected, but but I really believe there are some positives that will, that will come out of this. So, What's your take on the
0: current coronavirus pandemic? Uh, It seems like right now what is the most important is toilet paper, but what do you think really is the most important?
1: I think a lot of it's going to, and as I mentioned, there's some positives that are going to come out of this. I think it's taking some of the lessons learned and using them and and making sure that this sort of thing doesn't happen again. The coronavirus is testing it's kind of drop testing the world's ability to respond to a pandemic. Um, we're currently learning what what does and doesn't work with a a relatively mild virus. Um, you know, you think this isn't a mild virus? Well, Ebola had a fatality rate approaching ninety percent during some outbreaks. Unfortunately, deadlier future viruses with higher contagion rates are inevitable. Um, thanks to the coronavirus, we should be much better prepared to handle them. And what do I mean by that? Well, we're learning faster ways to identify outbreaks. I mean, that's becoming a priority. We're learning better strategies to isolate populations quickly, something we've never had to do before. Uh, We should have larger stockpiles of critical medical supplies and equipment. We're finding out what we need and what's important. Um, I believe we'll get faster vaccine creations and production. Uh, The other thing that this does is it highlights how fragile society is to global disasters in general. Our complex technological society is incredibly efficient and fine-tuned, but the price of that is a a loss of robustness. It's kind of like having a Formula One race car. They're incredibly fast and efficient, but they can't run on regular gas. They can't survive even a tiny pothole. They're designed to do one thing and one thing well. Um, We can't have that type of 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 specific efficiency. We have to be more flexible. Disasters are bad enough about driving businesses into bankruptcy and crashing the stock market. Businesses and economies have to be able to build reserves to weather temporary global shutdowns because this won't be the last one. And businesses and economies also have to become more flexible. We're watching the entire global economy move from brick and mortar to e-commerce in a matter of weeks. And going online isn't just a good marketing strategy; it's required to survive. Uh, conventional businesses are shutting down right and left, while Amazon hires 100,000 people. Now, <laughs> as we point or as I point fingers at governments and corporations, we need to look at our own households. We don't have to be preppers or survivalists, but I really believe every household should be able to go at least at least two weeks without a store run. Um, this accomplishes several things. It protects our our family until the crisis passes. That's pretty obvious. But I think people don't realize that it also reduces the strain on infrastructure since we don't have to raid stores for two weeks. It may allow us to help neighbors who may not have the means that we do. And and with a recession all but certain, stocking up after a virus, those types of purchases will help restart a stalled economy. Now, by the way, please don't try to stock up now. That would be hoarding. But as soon as the crisis passes, I would encourage everybody to build up a stock of of non-perishable food and basic necessities for at least two weeks. And finally, um, I believe we need to stop putting all our income eggs in one basket. Um, We all need another stream of income from something that's immune to natural disasters to to recessions or inflation. And obviously that means not another job. That really means a business of some type. But it needs to be a business that can operate during a national shutdown. uh, Therefore, probably Internet-based and able to run from a phone. But we're seeing that happen right now. We're seeing... Obviously, many stocks and businesses crash, but we're also seeing some stocks rise. Those are things that we should probably note. We've helped many over the years to to, to develop those types of of income streams, those types of businesses. And with so many of us stuck at home, this might be the perfect time to learn how to start a business on the side. Now, um, although a, a global pandemic is definitely one of the top five most dangerous threats to humanity, there are several with higher consequences and or probabilities, but that might be a topic for another time.
0: Well, you've been studying this for 10 years now uh, with a brilliant cadre of experts from astronauts and astrophysicists to intelligence operatives and special forces. I guess this is an excellent view or vision you've given us of the post-coronavirus world. It looks
1: like there is no planet B. (laughs) That's true. Um, the bottom line is this has been a painful wake-up call. And, and we don't want to forget the lessons we will learn. We can't go back to business as usual. And that's something that we are all are, unfortunately, very good at. And
0: that's the way it ought to be.